Alright, it's going. There we go. Alright, so the first question is, what is your name and email? What is my name and what? And email. Okay, my name's uh, Raymond Lewis III, and my email is cta33 at msn.com. Okay. Um, what is the aim of your entrepreneurial venture? What is, say that again? Uh, the aim of your entrepreneurial venture? Um, well, there's a couple companies that I started. My my main consulting company that I, um, you know, I guess you'd say is sort of my core business mm -hmm. is Lewis Financial Services, LLC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's very cool. Um, and how long has your venture existed? Well, this particular one is about 11 years, but mm -hmm. it's basically the offshoot of the same business I did for um, 20 years before that. So I've, I've essentially been doing the same thing for 30 years. The first 20 years I had a business partner, and then we split up, okay. and we each kept doing the business in our own way. Okay. So this particular one, Lewis Financial, was actually formed about 11 years ago. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and what would you say your main role is in the venture? Say that again? Uh, what, what would you say your main role is? Main role? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I basically solve financial problems for businesses. Uh, my training is as a CPA, and mm -hmm. so, um, and really for small businesses, like businesses that are basically under 20 million in sales as a role. Um, you know, we, we help them with their tax planning. We help them with their tax compliance. Um, we do audits when necessary. Um, and there could be other things that are involved, but if they, if anything comes up that they're not sure about, it could be a workers' comp audit. It could be they think an employee's stealing from them. It could be they're sick and they want to hand the business over to their kids. They want to know what are the financial consequences of doing so. Yeah. But a small business owner usually has like one go-to advisor that mm -hmm. they can trust as a confidant. And that's basically what we are. We're like the trusted advisor okay. for yeah. small businesses. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, so would you consider your vent your venture a family business? Uh, um, no, not really. I mean, it, it could be down the road if I bring my family into it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I probably, probably wouldn't consider. You know what? I guess yes. I guess I would because my wife works with me too. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Family business, yeah. Okay, cool. And did you take any entrepreneurship classes in school? And what would you like have liked to learn or know uh, before becoming an entrepreneur? That's a good question. Well, I was at Penn State, and I don't recall them having any entrepreneurial classes back mm -hmm. in the early 80s. Um, I, I think the thing that I... I probably would have liked to have learned the most is that you, you just have to go out and get things done. Like you can't wait for somebody else to do it for you. You can't have a roadblock come up and say like, oh, well, they say it's going to be a month, so I guess I'm waiting a month. Like you have to figure out how to get things done. Mm -hmm. That's really the, the main thing. There's, no, there's nobody to pass the buck to. Like when you're an entrepreneur, it's not like you're in a team of, usually you're not in a team of like 10 people where you have an advertising specialist and everything. You're, 
you know, you're, you're trying to get things done yourself. So you have to, you have to be able to say, here's the problem and I'm going to solve it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's very similar to, to how my uh, own dad answered that question. So that's pretty interesting. Um, and then the next question is, uh, what are your main sources of stress, uh, with regards to entrepreneurship? Um, that's a good question. You know, um, back in the day when, when, uh, when I think back early in, in our career, one of the main sources of stress was we would, our costs would always be up front. So we, you know, we'd pay rent and salaries, we'd have our costs up front and we'd send somebody a bill and this is before computers became big, right? And, you know, you'd mail them a bill mm-hmm. and that record, and that takes 30 days to pay it, but that really takes 60 days to pay it. So that we always had a large amount of receivables and we're always we're trying to collect those receivables but you know your bills are due that day so I think for any entrepreneur like I heard George W. Bush say it once when he talked about his experience running his own business he mm-hmm. said you know I know how to make payroll every week and that's what you have to do payroll comes due every week and you have to have cash to make payroll and you have to be able to you have to find a way to accelerate your cash collections so that you have the cash flow for your business because if your payroll is due today and let's say it's 5000 you could be owed a receivable for $20,000 you are going to get 60 days now it doesn't matter you can't pay them with that Yeah. so you know you might have a profit accrual base of 15000 but you're like cash basis you're down 5000 you need 5000 yep, yep. so that's part of trying to solve the entrepreneur thing is trying to accelerate your revenues and delay your expenses so like the way we solved that problem in our consulting business was we told our clients, you know, we're going to ACH our fees. So once we do a service to them, they know ahead of time that we're going to ACH their bank account for the fee. So we collect it immediately. And that, that really helps the cash flow. When I was younger, in my 20s and 30s, it was always like, oh, geez, I hope so-and-so pays me. But if it's a client, they're, they're friends, you know, they're trusted, they're, they're people you, you trust, you don't want to call them up and say, hey, you know, you owe me $10,000, can you pay that? So yeah. the collection part is tough when you're younger, but I, we sort of figured out a way around that in this business. Okay, and, and how did you cope with the, uh, how did you figure out a way, I mean, if, you, if you're able to answer that? How did I cope with uh, the receivable problem back yeah. then? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, we just we just live lean. I mean, there were times where we didn't pay ourselves. Uh, like I was joking with my wife. I mean, I can remember driving through Taco Bell one time when I was like 27, and I had two dollars and fifty cents, and that that's what I was going to eat yeah. that day. Like there was no cash flow to be able to do that. Now, I, at any time, I could have been owed a bunch of money, and then, you know, a month from now, I might have collected, say, 15000 and then it's fine. But basically what you do as an entrepreneur is you you don't pay yourself, and you, you eat a little lean until you collect your receivables because you can't, you can't not pay your bills or else your credit gets bad. So yeah. it's like you can't tell the, the, rent, the rent guy, he'll walk you out, right? <laughs> and your employees will quit. So if, you, if you're having trouble, uh, you have to do it. Now, we did some other things where we, you know, to try to accelerate our receivables, we would um, try to let clients know ahead of time, like, okay, we're going to send you a bill, but it's going to be due, say, net 15, not net 30. Yeah. And we would try to do little things accelerate them like one might be if a guy owed you a lot of money 
you know, maybe there's something else you're working on with, but you call them and then in question you say, hey, do you know when that check is going out? That kind of thing. Yep. So you just do the best you can. But yeah, yeah, you businesses wait on wait on revenues. That's you know, wait on the cash collection. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what metrics do you regularly regularly track? Um, for example, money, social media, etc. Um, obviously, money is one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you mean the money in my business? Yeah, yeah. So, like, what metrics do you regularly track for your business? Yeah. Um, hmm. I would like to say what is the, the most important thing. Um, I, I like to track, um, bill, like, billable hours that I get in in a week. Mm-hmm. So it, it lets me know, um, you know, what you're accomplishing. So in other words, there's always a lot of administration things to do, but those aren't billable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, if, if you're doing things that you can't send a kind of bill for, you might need done, but you don't make money. Yet. So I, I, what I generally like to do is I want to know like how many hours did I bill that week? You know, so maybe I have 25 billable hours, right? And then you at least know like how productive that week was from a consulting perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then uh, how have you worked to scale your business and grow? Do you have a set number of hours you devote to your business each day? You kind of just answered that question. Uh, to what extent does the time you devote to your business change or fluctuate, and why and how? That's a lot. Well, for us, because we, we do a lot of tax compliance work, tax season becomes very busy for us. So mm-hmm. the hours get to be um, premium. You know, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah, um, about that, yeah. But then, yeah, so you have to manage your time well then. Um, but the rest of the year, you have some flexibility about what projects you want to work on when and how long it'll take. So it's really two different things. It's like, there's tax season and then there's not tax season. Yeah. And they're both managed differently. Yeah, flexibility when it's not tax season. Tax season, it's purely about being efficient and being accurate. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, how do you maintain work-life balance? Uh, how do you navigate needing to put time into your business, either time to grow the business and or manage current clients, and time for other things in your life, such as family? Uh, does the nature of having a small business alter uh, or change your relationships of activities in other parts of life, and in what ways? For, for me, it enhances this because, like, I, I don't feel like I ever need to take a vacation because I feel like my job almost is like a vacation. If you love what you do, mm-hmm. um, you can choose when you want to work on it. So what I do personally, and maybe different other people, but when I'm feeling good, I like to work really hard and get a lot done. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be any time. It could be on a Saturday. It could be at nighttime. It could be whenever. But I want to make sure that, you know, I don't have a headache. I'm rested. I'm hydrated. And I'm focused. And I'm not going to make mistakes. And then I want to work really, really hard. If I'm not feeling good or, say, my kids have a soccer game or something like that, then, you know, I can just take off. And I think a small business gives you the opportunity to be flexible. Yeah. Yep. And the next question uh, is, would you consider yourself frugal with regards to entrepreneurship? If so, how have you been frugal? Um, I, I wouldn't consider myself to, to be frugal. Um, part of, you know, part of being an entrepreneur is, you know, you're, 
especially when you're younger, you're trying to make yourself look bigger than you are, you know? Um, I remember one time we, with this guy came in with a business and it was called like, all railroad industrial supplies. And mm-hmm. we interviewed him and, you know, it was just him. And we said, well, why are you all world? He goes, well, it's the parents of bigness, right? Um, <laughs> so I think, I think, um, with small businesses, there's a, a lot of times where you're, when you're starting out, you certainly don't want to appear like you're not going anywhere. You don't have big plans. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you want to, you want people to feel like when they hook up with you, it's going to be a benefit to you. Now, early on, we were frugal in order to make it. So we had to be very judicious about not getting expensive office space. Yeah. Um, you know, finding furniture used that's still quality that people would like to sit down at a desk with. Um, you know, you just basically had to watch your money or else you were, you know, if, if you got very, I don't know what the word is, but if you just spent to look good, you know what I mean? Like bought a really big office, most expensive furniture, most expensive car, do all that kind of stuff. I mean, we would have put ourselves out of business. Yeah. So we had a, we had a early on just be very frugal, watch our costs, build ourselves up slowly. And then that way you can't go out of business, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have that much overhead. Yeah. You got to minimize yeah. your overhead. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and then uh, could you describe a time when someone mentored you? Uh, what was the topic? What happened after the mentoring? And do you think you would have become the entrepreneur you are today without this mentor? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I I had an uncle that's an accountant, and he he became um. He ended up being president of what's called Norman Houston. It's a, they eventually were bought up by Warren Buffett. And, uh, it's a, you know, it was a big, big, they had over a billion dollars in sales. They were still wow. treating in Butler, PA. Um, he gave me a lot of advice and everything he told me was right on. And just the experience of being out there was very, very helpful. And I think what, where he really helped a lot was, how other people are going to perceive you and treat you and like how you have to act. Uh, that was a big deal. Like I remember one time he used to say to me, you know, don't even have it. If you have a cat, don't even tell people you have a cat. And I remember, you know, this before I had my own business and I was working at Boardwater Chemicals and I, and I did have a cat. And I remember somebody found out they started making fun of me I had a cat. And I was like, son of a gun, he, he actually called that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But he, he, would, he would say like, listen, if you lift weights a lot, they're going to pick on you about being big or they're going to think you're a playhead. So he was trying to say to me, look, when you go to work, you don't have to open yourself up personally. You have to listen to what they're doing and you have to be very professional and you execute what you do and you can have a relationship with them, but you don't have to, you know, expose your whole life to them. You, you have to maintain that business professionalism. He was very good at teaching me those things okay like how to make business business yeah, yeah definitely okay awesome and then uh there's two more questions uh it's what do you like what do you like most about being an entrepreneur and what do you like least about being an entrepreneur well the entrepreneur it might be two things i like most and i don't know if they're interrelated but i like waking up every day not really knowing how much money i'm going to make that day because when you get a paycheck from a company you know exactly what you're making that day. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's say you get, you know, 52000 a year, right? Um, you know exactly what you're going to make when you come into work. I like 
being able to say, hey, I did a lot of good work today and I told him this client and he's going to pay me $10,000 a year for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like, hey, you know, I just pulled in a $100,000 asset. And I love that freedom. Yeah, the freedom uh, so to, that, to be great. I understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. And then what do you like yeah. least about being an entrepreneur? Oh, definitely. I mean, just too many government regulations. I mean, across, mm-hmm. across so many different facets of life, it's just unbelievable. Like, with each year our country marches on, there's more regulations written every year. And it's true in the financial industry. It's true in the CTA field. It's true if you're OSHA. It's true if you're just payroll tax or state tax or federal tax. The rules you got to follow. There's just so many rules. And it's, that's, that's one of the hardest things. Entrepreneurs don't really get credit for dealing with the amount of stuff they got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that, that part's not fun. It's, I just put a little more straight capitalism and a little less regulated. And when it's less regulated, yeah, some things fall through the cracks and yeah, some people will cheat or whatever. And, but it's better than, you know, to stop that 1% that's causing a problem, you, you regulate 100% of the people. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of all the regulation you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, awesome. That's uh, that's the last question for the interview. Uh, thank you so much for uh, giving me your time this afternoon. I know you're a busy man. Uh, but, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you so much. Bye. Okay.